So I once went on Instagram. I saw these cool guys like riding bikes, doing all this cool shit. And then I was like, wow, that's so cool. Let me just like DM them. And I DM them and I said like, hey, do you guys want to maybe do something with us? We call it just like Papa. And I've yet to get a reply. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's good. Maybe I they missed it. Maybe they, you know, maybe that, they missed my, my message. Must be that. And I was like, yo, it's going to be so sick. We can do adventure trips. And yeah, I just, I haven't heard from them in a long while. Maybe since like maybe two years now. Just haven't heard from them. Apologies. So if you know anyone there, oh, could you please man. just. ambushes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is why this is why I need to put my wife back onto the uh, onto the social media accounts. So it was probably I, me. Uh, I, I think they were just too cool for me. No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> but what you guys were doing, I've been following a couple of guys through the states, the wilderness, and all around the world from the beginning when we started. It's one big thing that we've wanted, and that's one of these like that's how we've been trying to get into these little experiences and stuff like that. But taking people out that doesn't necessarily have the bikes and the means and that it's, it's such an incredible offering that you have i don't even i don't know how to question uh, put the question but the fulfillment that you must get from taking people out and like seeing that stoked on their face when they pull that helmet off you can actually see it through the helmet that smile like yeah it's a thing it's real yeah. it, it, it's real it's uh, everybody that arrives okay i use that term no that not everybody is a great motorcyclist, but in general, they all ride already. Mm. They have to have a motorcycle license, a valid full motorcycle license. So generally the guys- The same Thailand. Yeah, this is the, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, I've had some sketchy ones over the years, mm. um, but generally the guys are motorcycle guys and they ride and, uh, but you know, further to what you were saying, it, it is great to see their stoke, especially because they're foreign, mostly. I mean, my clientele is, generally not from South Africa. If you wanted to go on an adventure ride with your buddies, you could borrow a bike or, mm. you know, your friend knows the routes or so, mm. you know, so the, the South Africans are a tiny, tiny percentage of our clientele. So generally everyone's foreign. They come from, like I say, anywhere in the world. And a lot of them come from places that, I mean, let's use Cape Town for an example. We have a huge, uh, pre-COVID, uh, uh, um, Dutch contingent that mm. are that are coming out here, you know, Dutch and German. Well, let's just focus on Holland, for example. How it's pretty, that pretty flat, right? And then they come out here and there's... <laughs> it's like, do this and fall asleep for 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so they come out here and it's, uh, you know, this amazing scenery and the roads. That's something I must say as South Africans, we t I think we're taking it for granted. That's... It's something that I hear all the time from clientele. They were just like, man, the roads, the roads, the quality of the tarmac, the mountain passes, you guys are blessed. You know, and I, sometimes we, I think, perhaps take it for granted how good we have it out here, especially in the Western Cape. I think I, I find myself a very, a very often like driving, forgetting about it, while living in Cape Town, doing the old routes and then hitting the Cedarbergs or wherever, and you just come over a ridge and you're just like, wow. But the, the one thing that we also have is dirt. We've got dirt roads. That is, yeah. that, that's also something like I was saying. Spectacular dirt that roads. Road when I, I mean, I can't remember when we, I drove into, um, from Citrus Dahl, you just go past Citrus Dahl, you go right and you go to, um, what's it, Al, um, Algeria. And I just Into the Cedarberg, the back yeah, end to the Cedarberg, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. You, I, I went, I was driving and I think, 
I just came back from a trip overseas. And I was looking at this and I'm like, this is worth traveling. Like I looked at it for the first time in a long time and I was like, this is Grand Canyon. This is South Island, New Zealand. This is like Patagonia shit. Like you forget about it. And and, and that I think a lot of South Africans either don't even know about it or they forget about it. Yeah. Because we have the most insane off-road adventure country from here to Lesotho. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I, I include Namibia, Botswana, Mozambique, Zimbabwe. Uh, yeah, Zimbabwe, even Zambia. It's the Transkei, the Cedarbergs. It's, it's, it's nuts. The Karoo. There's a part yeah. between every part you think there is, there's another two. And it's insane now. But what I want to ask you is like, what is your trip? What would that entail? So like I'm, we arrive at Just Day Papa, the bikes are here, where, uh, wherever your headquarters is. Hypothetically speaking, if anyone ever responded to my fucking <laughs> if they DM. Like, if they like business. <laughs> Shit. And these guys complain about the pandemic. They never even replied to a client. God damn it. But if you replied... And you, I think you're good at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was cool, you didn't need me. But now, now, Kyle, who are your friends? <laughs> you're my friend, Thomas. <laughs> what would it entail? So, like, I, I, I arrive, I get the bike, the gear, everything. So, we're we, ready to roll. What are we doing? Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, been hooked up with the guys at the House of Machines, and uh, we've been running Wolf Moto. And in fact, the start of the South African Motor Safari Tour also starts uh well i say starts uh it, the the first night bash we like to call it the fnb mm. happens at uh the house of machines guys come in there and we have a briefing and uh, a couple of drinks and we just you know lay down the law as it were you mm. know because there there have to be rules 100 percent. yeah it's uh what we're doing is kind of dangerous if there's no rules you wouldn't know what to break exactly <laughs> yeah so we <laughs> Yeah, we have a first night bash. Everybody gets to meet each other. They have to sign the documentation, check everybody's licenses. Uh, everybody gets a little gift pack and so on. And uh, off off we go the following day and we have a dinner together. And that's basically the day one of the tour starts the night before. And uh, yeah, that's where it starts. And then, uh, yeah, we, we leave from Cape Town and we head out from there. That's and the then, South African tour. Yeah, but then what do I like? Okay, so I've got a backpack. I'm fully packed with my own gear. Uh, so what we you take everything with for us. Yeah, what? what we require is that you bring your own riding gear, and uh, you you pack you pack. We give we give the guys a uh, a forty liter dry bag, which is obviously waterproof. Not that we carry them because we use a backup vehicle. Mm -hmm. We actually have a cruiser that we've been using and uh good choice yeah yeah absolutely toyota good choice. beautiful car, <laughs> beautiful car. <laughs> and um so the guys actually which is actually a, it's it's a plus for the for the guests that they don't actually have to mount luggage to their motorcycles yeah. we can we can talk about that later in the podcast yeah, yeah. because that's a whole different thing mm. but uh on these on our specific motor safari tours the guys aren't required to bring their bags cool. at all latch to the motorcycle which makes it easier you know obviously there's less weight it's not as cumbersome for some of these guys as well you need to understand uh, like they ride but they have a cafe racer in i don't know the pacific northwest and they mm, yeah, yeah. go to go to the coffee shop on a sunday and that's basically the extent of their riding so this I think you just pissed off a couple of my friends in the pacific northwest right? yeah, yeah yeah no no those no. guys aren't uh cafe racer <laughs> 
I think you're thinking of Oregon. What? Yeah, well, whatever. But I just, I don't know. I, 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 I'd love to, I'd love to go and ride the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and uh, it's maybe, awesome up maybe there. that's it's why wet. it's front and center in my brain. Yeah, dude, it's wet up there. That's it's 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 good riding. Yeah, you got really good trails, but it's wet. Yeah, yeah. I've ridden up there, and it's um. Hmm? Yeah, it's 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 quite yeah. Cool. Well, so, winter you're in the snow, and summer it's just this humid, like wet. Not always, but that's the rides I've had. Yeah. Anyways, go back. Okay. Yeah. So, so we on our bikes. We got our forty liter in the in yeah, the cruiser. We, now where are we going? I mean, we we also suggest the the type of riding gear that we request the guys to bring with them. You know, including proper off road boots and so on, mm. and uh, some wet weather gear or a jacket that will prevent you from getting completely wet. But if it rains hard enough, you're going to get wet on a motorcycle. It's inevitable. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and then we start the tour and head out. I ride in front. Uh, it's, uh, it's a road, road captain with my <laughs> reflective vest. No, I'm just kidding. We don't wear a reflective vest. This is not the Harley Davidson. But do you wear leather jackets with studs? Is what my uh, no. <laughs> and do you have like a yeah. chain in the side of your no, bike? It and you're like, quite, it's quite hell. interesting, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes, one of the things... <laughs> don't believe him. That's exactly what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things Wesley actually, you know, when he... When he, when he uh, brought the idea to the table he said to me i want to try and introduce adventure motorcycling to guys that are our sort of age like in their 30s mid mid 30s to you know going into their 40s it actually doesn't matter how old you are but we kind of wanted to appeal to a younger crowd we wanted to create a uh, a platform that would appeal to the younger guys and uh yeah and getting back to the riding gear yeah it's not leather jackets it's not studded anything it's basically it it's basically protective legitimate adventure riding gear that's you know and a lot of us actually ride in basically what's nearest damn it mx gear because we generally run these uh run the two tours in south africa in and i'm speaking for south africa specifically because we actually do run other tours around the world pre-covid of course um yeah, we generally run it in spring and autumn. So in the mornings, it's a little fresh, obviously, when you leave, and then later on in the mo later on in the day, it it heats up. And yeah, so we, we we're trying to make it cooler than cooler than it seems, you know, or or basically what the the market can I say what, the stereotype what, the stereotype. No, don't hold your words. Man. You just asked um, Andrew a couple of. Hard-hitting questions. Hard-hitting right? questions. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah. need to answer. <laughs> okay, okay. Are there like so? You might have some guys who don't really know how to ride that well. Do you get the the opposite people who are really, really good? Okay, yeah. We've a good question. That's a great question, John. We've uh, yeah. We so there's both sides of the spectrum there. We get some guys that are like they want to do it. Oh wow, trip in Africa. You know, we it's called motor safari because we end up in the Eastern Cape and we literally take them on a safari to see wild animals. And that's uh, that's also where you see the stoke come in. A lot of these dudes have never seen a lion in real life. They've only seen it on Discovery Channel. <laughs> when you're on a motorbike, that must be. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it cool if I put my finger up his? <laughs> oh, I, sh oh, I didn't. I didn't even have time to answer that. <laughs> I need the doctor on the tour, please. <laughs> and then, oh, we don't we don't cater for the doctor market apparently. <laughs> You shit out of luck, like, man. It's like, oh, don't fly. We're in it now. <laughs> <laughs> just as well. I'll tell you what, I just recently, last month, I've, did, I've been busy with my first aid courses. You guys, are, you, you'll, you'll be all right. We got the doctor. We got the doctor. <laughs> you, you got the doctor. 
Uh, yeah, but so back to your question. So yes, this, and then we have guys that really can ride. We've had a few friends join us, and it's uh, can be quite hairy at times. There's uh, there's a lot of ego involved in motorcycling. There's no two ways about that. And um, yeah, it's quite easy to get caught up in the race. You know, mm. your buddy rolls up next to you, and he starts pushing, and the next thing you're like, "Hey, mate, you're not going that fast without me." And then and then it's on, and eventually it's going to end badly somewhere because we're all well not necessarily the guys running the crew but the the clientele they don't necessarily know the roads you know they're supposed to be following the lead guide and they don't know when the next hairpin bends coming up and it, it's we've had a we've had a few moments i'll leave it there <laughs> so hypothetically um, obviously you've never done this but what hypothetically would be a maximum speed that you might want to have gotten to how fast are you going Oh, on a dirt road? Oh, generally, you don't want to... Like 20, what right? Yeah. On top. <laughs> oh, tarmac's a whole different thing. Uh, yeah. Tarmac, you can go if you want. <laughs> uh, it's kind of more simple when you're riding tarmac. You can really you can really go, you know what I mean? Whatever the bike lets you go, you do it. But we also have to pay attention to the law within the country. So... That's why I'm saying bullshit. <laughs> That's why I'm speaking Sorry, hypothetically. I mean, <coughs> bullshit. Okay, it's more specific. In the shop, uh, we haven't been here. It's a bit uh, dusty at the bar. It hasn't been used in a while. <laughs> more specifically, in the small towns, you know, you, you roll up into Hrafrenet, you got to drop your speed down to eighty because yeah. it's sixty, by the way. But anyway, let's go. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but out on the open road, if you're out, on, let's say Route sixty two, you know, the, the guys are going to open it up a little. You know, it's test test this metal see what see what it's got yeah. but on dirt roads you don't really want to be traveling much faster than 100 120 k's an hour and that's on like an open graded dirt road r355 through the tanqua you can see for miles pretty straightforward stuff but yeah we 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 generally keep it mellow because we have to take into consideration that there's some people on tour with the guys that can ride them and as i mentioned before there's some guys that are like this is brand new to them riding the type of motorcycles we're riding and the terrain is completely foreign to yeah. them so you, you you can't can't break the pack up too much you know so we try and keep it pretty pretty even if there's a guy like who's not that great do you do you like spot them do you coach them a bit do you help them ride um yeah if, if someone's sort of because i mean it's not great if you travel across the world and having a really shit time because you can't keep up with the pack yeah and also i think that just what same question but I feel like some people go go to your Instagram and they see all the cool photos and stuff and it could be quite intimidating in the sense of like, oh, the, all these guys can be on the road, like 160, no problem, ramping, doing all the cool stuff, wheeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, good question. We actually we actually uh, enlisted the services of my friend Byron Kutsia. Uh Shout out to my buddy Byron. Byron, uh, Byron. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, Byron. Uh, what, Byron, you, everyone say Byron, what? The best rider I've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah, he's we won the like uh, GS championships. And, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's won twice. GS trophy <laughs> twice. Once, twice. And, cool. and, and was there as a media consultant. Oh, but also only recently. twice because he can't win it again because now he's not allowed to go back because he's Yeah, not as pro. a contestant, he's not allowed to yes. go back. He's so, he could win, win more. He's only got to win it like as a photographer. Yeah, yeah. Also true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Byron. Byron's part of our crew, and uh, he comes along, and he he's really good at giving guys uh, uh, 
tips, you know, Thomas's top tips. It's actually Byron's top tips in that instance. Uh, well, he's coached me before, like even on our little ride. Like I just chatted to him on the next to the road. Yeah, he's super good at uh, it. Head to the hills. Were you there? Well, you're not there. Oh, it was amazing. the best was weekend the best, of our lives. Best weekend of our whole lives. Like the ride where I got COVID. Yeah. The ride you had COVID. That was, she's, that was COVID. Oh, the riders table ride in yeah. December that you the missed. The one you went there. Oh, you had COVID. There was no oh, ride man. ever better than that. That was the best ride ever. Yeah. It's actually documented. Guinness Book of Records. I was fighting for my life and um, this is the response I got. Dude, sending selfies. This is the best no day of my life, guys. Nobody cares. <laughs> even the four <laughs> listeners we have right now went, why is he even talking? <laughs> yeah, you've, you've had your say. We, we want to listen to, we want to hear about the good rights. Not yours, Andrew. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> You're riding your pillow, dude. <laughs> what makes a good ride? Oh, cheapest. <laughs> uh, the bike you're on, yeah. for starters. Uh, I've st I started my riding career on some pretty grotty bikes in the beginning. And uh, as you, you know, you age and mature and you able to ride better bikes, I would never go back to riding cheaper, shittier bikes. So yeah, the new, the new bikes that are out on the market, they make a huge difference. And then also I'd say the company that you're with, that really helps. The weather, obviously. Yeah, the weather. But the weather, the weather's something that you cannot predict or choose. So that's something you just take in your stride as a motorcyclist, I guess. You know, you know you have no control over it. So you just go with the flow. And in fact, I've been in some situations, and maybe we'll get into it a bit later about great rides that have gone wrong, perhaps. Um, with your previous guest, in fact, Tudor, I went on a fly fishing tour, did a did a thing with BMW recently uh, last year. In fact, probably a year ago now. And uh, yeah, we got caught in a sandstorm. And anyway, the weather made it one of the most memorable rides of my life. And it was down the most boring stretch of road, but it was the weather that made it an amazing thing. So yeah. I that sounds like a great story. What happened to the sandstorm? You know the sandstorm story. Not at all. Oh, I wish I, I thought Tudor might have touched on it. No, 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 because I actually wish that. No, we had a <laughs> uh, on the big screen that we have now in the shop. But there's actually a little clip of you guys. That's um, correct. I saw it here when I was here the other day. Yeah, getting it was my, such a rad video. Yeah, getting my the, things. The, the, I feel like the riding slightly better than the fishing. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> I didn't I'm just catch being a nice. fish. I'm just being nice. I didn't catch <laughs> you, I nearly you don't did. strike me as a fisherman. No, no, no. When I, nearly, I look at the video. I, I nearly did. I nearly did. <laughs> Tudor, back me up on this if you're listening, dude. <laughs> Shit. So what, what happened? Uh, we, we left series and we're heading up uh, through the Tankwa, past the Tankwa Patstal. And the weather was... Uh, yeah, so just, it, just sorry, just just to go back to our previous podcast. Yeah, yeah, is that like is the, almost exactly the where the we Bermuda Triangle. It is of, the Bermuda Triangle. What? That's yeah. where we crashed the G wagon. Okay. That's correct. Almost exactly the same place. No sandstorm to blame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only Albert. If you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> okay, so you were just so past it's, the it's, putstall. Yeah, we, so we go past the putstall, and the whole way from Cape Town all the way up uh, to series itself, we were just like you know. We were threading it through the eye of the storm there. We were in and out of rain, and but not too bad, you know. We met, but the weather was gnarly on either side of us the whole way up to series. And then when we pushed through onto the R three five five up towards the putt stall, this the wind came up and uh, it 
gradually got worse to the point where it was literally the most gnarly sandstorm I've ever seen. Like I battled to put a 1200cc BMW on its side stand and I had to, you know, lean it in a specific way so that it wouldn't blow over and sit on the bike to keep it on its side stand. It was it was wild. But your visibility must have been like 20, 20 meters max. Even less at times. Yeah. The one, the, and the one thing I stressed about most wasn't the oncoming traffic. I was worried, like obviously being on a motorcycle, you're so exposed in this instance. Uh, I was worried about Thomas and his Land Cruiser coming up behind me thinking like, ah, I got this, I've done this before. And then cruiser, what can happen? Nothing. And he wouldn't see me till the last second and then getting rammed up, you know, from behind by one of these, you know, these big four by four vehicles that travel that same road. But in hindsight, I think about it, there's no way. Well, actually I know, because the two vehicles that were on the tour with us, they were on the motorcycles. We got kilometers ahead of them, but I was still worried that they were coming from behind and they might, might not see us and hit us from behind at the last second. So that played over in my mind a lot during that sandstorm. But it also was a challenge to keep the bike upright and ride it. And there was nothing I could do. I, I knew I knew roughly the landmark that I was looking for, uh, where we had to turn left. It was It's a huge tractor tire like that's buried half into the ground. And I knew roughly from Tankwa Patsa, I was like, 40, I don't know, 47 Ks or something. And I was watching it on, you know, on the, on the, yeah, 54. It's hard to say. (laughs) Anyway, I was watching it on the trip meter and I just knew like, there's nothing you can do. So getting back to the weather, you just have to keep pushing. And it, it, I mean, and because of that, it's, it made it one of the, one of the most amazing riding experiences of my life to date, actually. Were you in Suda, was he riding Pillion or was he on his own bike? No, Cheetah doesn't ride. He was sitting in his Nissan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of imagining. No, I went with the. I went with another guy, this uh, <laughs> environmental guy, Gareth Tate. He's what an amazing kid. Uh, he does bird conservation or whatever, and he's a fly fisherman. And it was a story we were creating. So yeah, I was riding with him, but uh, I lost him in my dust. <laughs> Not because I was riding fast, because we just couldn't see one another. Yeah, so yeah, that was that was one of the the great riding memories I have, and that was due to the weather. So just Being on that, because you, you mentioned Tudor, um last week we well last week I don't know month ago I don't know when we did last. I mean, <laughs> I, it's all a mess. Yeah, we um we touched on a subject going like, if you're gonna hike, or you're just walking, you just you just walk. You get on at the top, you look at the view, and you walk back. As a fly fisherman, they were saying that their hiking is for the purpose of fishing. And you're looking down and you're looking at the, the, the dragonfly. What, what does it look like? Where is it? The termites, the this, the bush, everything. You, you're really in a way, and it's not taking away from hiking at all. It's just you're really in touch with nature. You really got to get in there and watch and uh, I was they said explaining it added it. three dimensionality, which I thought was really beautiful. Like yeah. underneath the water and like they. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. looking everywhere. Yeah. And, and I was comparing it a little bit to hunting, um, where the wind for a hunter is very different to a hiker and a fisherman. It's it, things. Um, you're just looking at little stuff. You're looking at spoor and you're looking at dung and you're looking at all these little things in the. You know, even walking the, through the field and you step on a bush and you, you smell that smell and you're like, oh, that's what lamb tastes like. And that's why the guru lamb tastes like this. And with 
motorbiking, you're also so exposed to the elements where weather plays such a big role in a trip. Like I've done one road and it's just like, you guys did that road when you came up to the farm. That long, straight, boring uh, uh, from uh, Beaufort to uh, Aberdeen. It's just, it's basically just straight 180 kilometers. It sucks. But when there's a bit of wind or it's raining or yeah we got lucky on that yeah on that trip with with andrew there was no wind on yeah the, on that no, when that wind hits you on that road that road is 500 kilometers it's horrible but when it's beautiful and and you have the rains coming over the mountains over the plateaus and you can actually see how one farm is dry and one farm is green and you immediately see that weather and i feel in a car you kind of in a bubble sometimes you can be driving and you you open the window and you're like oh shit the wind's blowing but on a motorbike you feel it so like that same element like on a motorbike you you are a little bit more open to the elements you're exposed to that and you you look around it a little bit different you you find dirt roads that cars don't necessarily go on the postman spot also Cedarburg. like i have done it in a car and it was horrible i've done it on a motorbike and it was a challenge and it was fun it was like and when I finished it, I was like, I've got that badge now. Like, I've done it, you know. Like, there's, there's roads, small little Jeep tracks, these little things, farms that you can only do on a motorbike. Not only on a motorbike, but it's better on a motorbike. Like, and quicker. Also very quick. <laughs> much faster. But with adding that to your, your, your experiences as motor safaris, like, do you feel like people see the country in a better way on a motorbike? Absolutely. And in yeah, what way? Absolutely. Well, exactly what you're describing. And also, on a motorcycle, riding off-road, you tend to run into problems, punctures, prime example. Not necessarily crashes, but those happen from time to time. We've had our fair share. Um, but generally punctures, and then you got to stop and fix a, fix a puncture, and that takes time. And a ride that was a six-hour ride out of the day, you leave at, let's say the guys have breakfast in the morning and you leave at nine, you're like, you know, you're going to get there mid to late afternoon, crack the beers, it's going to be great. We've had a few, we've had a few days where you, you're rolling in there and it's nearly 9 p.m. at night and you're in the dark and you get to watch the sunset while you're riding, you know those sort of scenes exactly you know you have these beautiful mountain passes and the sun and whatever you watch the moon rise whatever it might be and it's and and for these foreigners I always because i always hear them tell me they're like holy shit man we're in africa they love it especially especially the american guys they yeah. really love it yeah they're in i africa, love that man. term yeah like it's just I, i've heard it as well about like when i have clients or people and that is like it's at some point through the day. It's like, man, we're in Africa. And you're like, you're like yeah, dude. This no is one's so like, we're sick. in Belgium. Man. Yeah, no, no we're one's chips. ever said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. So um, your your experience is obviously you lead these these safaris, you you do it professionally and all that. Andrew, what's your take on riding? Because all three of you ride. I know a little bit about Tom's story. What's your relationship to riding? Um, so, BMW. <laughs> no, same money. Pun for BMW. <laughs> BMW and Spur. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little sponsorship, but I want like the old BMW and the old Spurs 
sponsorship. People with a taste for riding. Yeah, and then and then you have your motorbike, and you have your motorbike painted in Native American. Oh yeah, the car print, <laughs> the car print, like my seats, like the leather car print. How somebody has not taken them on? How on this I mean, cancel like, culture? Like no, no cancel video, culture, right? yeah, yeah, surely yeah, yeah. with the little like I, on your helmet, you could put the feathers. Everything like chief chief riding hawk. Sponsored by a spur, just to, yeah. and not like completely not, not but just a mess of them. <laughs> so people yeah. take pictures and be like, "I'm canceling the show." The out of worst sponsor you could ever have on an American road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. What do you mean, guys? Why yeah. is this offensive? Yeah. I don't understand. Big could, brave don't life, get it. like behind It's just you. a steak crunch. It's just a lacquer burger, man. <laughs> um, so I haven't had uh, as much off-road riding experience, and something that I hope that I can do more in my future. Um, but I started riding from a pretty young age, a little dirt bike on the farm back when we had a farm, which was eons ago. Um, and then, yeah, I've been riding since about, I don't know, probably solidly since about 17. So, but- um, What's but your poison? Not in terms of drink, but in terms of bike now. Um, I've got a sort of retro classic and a sports bike. Yeah. What is a, a retro classic? Um, I don't think about bikes, so does that require explanation? It's a modern, classic style looking bike. It's like if you if you ask a child to draw a motorcycle, they draw something that looks right. similar to that. You know, it's a sort of like quintessential what a motorcycle does look like. Because I imagine a Triumph when someone says yeah, so a motorcycle. Exactly. So it's something like the Steve McQueen Great Escape. Like you draw right. something like that, but it's a BMW um, called the R90. It's a 1200 boxer, which is actually the thing that uh, Carl wrote an iteration of that on his. Uh, Fishing trip and also also his uh, motorcycle tour company has a couple of them. They're beautiful bikes. And then a, sport, a naked sports bike. Right. What is a naked sports bike? Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. John, what is your interpretation of a naked sports bike? <laughs> I'm Hang guessing, on. so when I see the, sport, the sports bikes that overtake me at 180 kilometers on the N7, yeah. like those every Sunday when we're driving anywhere. But I'm naked. Yeah, but you're naked. <laughs> 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 that's it that's it you see it actually that's right <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to get it wrong but it's not you yeah. had it that's exactly Nailed it. that's exactly no it. I think I think I've got it I think I'm actually not going to be that clueless moron for once I, okay. I'm guessing because a lot of sports bikes I see have a whole shitload of the equivalent of like aerofoils in the back of uh, what do you call them spoilers right yeah, yeah like a bunch of like bullshit plastic bits and pieces that don't mean anything you take all those off is that a naked sports bike Yes, but I feel like there's a few guys that are going to hate you now for going Nailed bullshit, plastic, <laughs> spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that, don't go to this weekend on the N7, dudes. Just change sport, sport, sports motorbike event soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, stay, stay away, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you realize Basically, how small it our audience is. It, it doesn't have. No, a, I do, but I'd like to dream big. <laughs> Doesn't have a fairing. That's it, and that's just some wind protection, really. That's all it is. So okay. that's what he has. He has a naked bike, and it doesn't have much wind protection. To be honest, I think when you bought it, you actually did think that it was a normal sports bike, and you can ride it naked. Is that correct? Yes, um, I thought that everyone around me would ride naked, and mm -hmm. that I could ride naked. You were joining like one of those clubs, and then I it wasn't really the about first, the motorbike. I got though. to the first ride in the road, Captain, when I arrived in my Mankini. Um, and stripped it off, kicked me off the ride. Have any of you guys ever hit a bird? Yes. Yes. That must suck. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Can't say it's the worst pain I've had, but it's it's one of the most. to a cactus. It's no, the bird wasn't that. big enough. No, 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 no. It, I agree, but it it's it wasn't the worst pain I had. It was the the fact that I had to control it at the same time. 
Like if you stump your toe, you can just hop around and ah, shat, shat, shat. You can sit down, but you're, you're at a certain speed on a motorbike. You're at 160, 180 kilometers per hour and it hits you. You have to focus really bloody well quickly and you've got to use that arm. And it actually hit me here on my left arm. You've got to, use, you've got to control it. And it, it's no just brake and, the, you, you know, there's cars behind you. There's a lot of things happening. And that was what actually was one of the worst. It must things. look hilarious then, from behind you on a car. It could have, yeah, it could have been very comical. But and then also getting the bike to a standstill and then you still got to put the fucking kickstand up control yourself you can't just like go cry and now you're next to the road check for holes your jacket and it's stiff (laughs) and now you got to try to unzip your jacket you can't breathe it was the whole process after it was horrible (laughs) can you imagine that happens to you while you're riding a bike naked no completely (laughs) (laughs) okay so you've hit by one bird yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was a it was a small small I don't know what like a little starting or something. Or yeah. yeah, but it's not that common. Okay, who's it's not that big. No, it doesn't happen it, that often. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah, it's not like a, it, it's not like a thing that happens. Yeah, well, I think if you no. I don't know, I've only ever been hit by one bird, and I've done tens and tens and tens of thousands of kilometers on yeah, a motorcycle. So, words. yeah, that's I was about to bring that up. Um, Andrew and I riding riding to Crawfernet to go on the hunting trip with Thomas. We went through quite a hectic uh, a scene where it was locusts. Like, it was crazy, but millions. I'm not joking. Yeah, so yeah, like, exactly. Like I can I can attest to that because we were on the farm, and in one night, say a four inch grass was devastated to like zero. Um, the 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 it went from a green crew good season farm to like. Looked like we went through a six-year drought. Decimated. It, it dark yeah. clouds of locusts just flying over you. Oh, um, wow. Chris, Chris is showing John a photo. We're going to put this on the Instagram. That's insane. It's, so no, it's gnarly. If you drive through that, I'm just you imagining your helmet, just legs. Again, riding through it naked is really tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're bullshitting. Huh? <laughs> we, were, we were on BMW GSs that have... Uh, screens, but we literally had to just tuck behind the screens and just, you know, hold, uh, they, we were just getting pelted by locusts. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was unpleasant to be. Did you honest. slow down for that? Absolutely, you, you have, have to. to. Yeah, you absolutely have to. If you're in a Land Cruiser, because it's got that nice flat window, you right. accelerate because you just want to kill as many as you can. You <laughs> know that it makes no difference. Yeah, but. After seeing what they've done on our farm. The reverse starfish theory. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I can't take all of you, but I'll take you with me. Just you. But in a motorbike, you're like, I don't want to hit one of them. <laughs> no. It's the most horrible thing. The bike can't even breathe properly because the radiators were full yeah. of locusts. It was a thing. It was a real thing. But it didn't carry on for too long, luckily. No. Yeah, it was like a... Long enough. What yeah, else? it wasn't that long. It was a couple like, kilometers. I feel like and this it was isn't over. the point of the podcast, but what else have you hit? Uh, <laughs> sure, I can tell you stories about snakes. Yeah, 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 man. We've uh, on motor safari, and in fact, the last tour here in South Africa in 2019, there was this uh, cobra that was crossing the road, and was my buddy behind me, Adam from Colorado. And uh, I saw it first. And he struck, he st- the snake reared up and struck me. I literally had to lift my left leg up, like out of the way. This 
Jeez, snakes are, yeah man they they feel us they just i suppose they're just protecting themselves mm. and the, the thing went straight for me straight for the motorcycle i don't know how it felt afterwards because the motorcycle's made of metal so <laughs> i'm sure it ended badly for the snake but adam was behind me and he watched the whole thing happen and it was pretty gnarly but yeah. once again like that's like you're really exposed mm. on a motorbike it's it, it's like i i think i mentioned it in my Patagonia one where the like wind just started lifting the rocks off the road just hitting my visor and breaking my gopros and stuff and in a car you can continue you, know, you just replace the windshield and it's made for that but on a motorbike there's a little windshield and the rest is you it's yeah. like being shot by a shotgun but that's and, what makes it fun right but that's it you get to a point where the hard way is the fun way sure. absolutely it sucks when it happens yeah like well, when, remember, you get, when you get to your destination and you get to crack yeah, a beer, is, yeah. make a fire, I've, and you reflect on what you just experienced and lived through, it uh, makes it all worth it. Yeah. And that's why that's why I messaged um, Motor Safari. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should uh, have a break. Let's take a, <laughs> Let's take let's a take little a break, break quick. Bathroom break and be back. We'll be back. <laughs> the conversation continues in episode three of Burgers, Bikes, Hunting and Booze where we talk about the hunting trip that Andrew Alexander and Thomas all went on together.